Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Blaine and Mickey, powered by all four seasons garage doors. Blaine and Mickey, with Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Let's go, Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Super Monday to you, Blaine and Mickey, powered by all four seasons garage doors. If you missed any of the uh, first hour, you need to go back and listen, because Jim White yelled at a cab driver or Uber driver, somebody was honking. So I'm trying to talk to Blaine and Mickey here. Stop honking at me. You can find that wherever you consume all your favorite podcasts. Just uh, go ahead and consume us there as well. Blaine and Mickey, Jimmy Wyatt. Uh, always fun catching up with him. Super Bowl is done. The season is done. Kansas City wins 25-22 to in overtime. First back-to-back champs in 20 years. The 49ers led 10 to nothing. The Chiefs came back to lead 13-10. to Into the fourth quarter, San Francisco basically did nothing in the third quarter. Then they started the drive that carried into the fourth. They had a four and fourth and three conversion. Jawan Jennings got a TD catch on that drive, and the 49ers led in the fourth quarter. Then Kansas City tied it on a field goal. Then the 49ers went back again and made a field goal and led with 143 left. Then Kansas City, uh, Kansas City tied it with three seconds to go. Lots of discussion today. By the way, follow at Blaine and Mickey on Twitter, at Blaine and Mickey also on Insta. What was the thing maybe that undid the 49ers the most? A lot of people talking about the decision they made to take the ball in overtime. In overtime, the 49ers drive stalled at the Kansas City 5. Chris uh, Jones made a big play. They wound up kicking a field goal. It was 22-19. Then Mahomes, Mahomes. From there, Kansas City picked up a fourth down conversion of their own in route to the touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes to, of all people, Nicole Hardiman. Former Georgia Bulldog. 49ers had no chance, Blaine, because that was a great Andy Reid play call. Oh, and, you, and you could see over the course of the game, he started kind of setting them up for the okey-doke on some things. And he okey-doked them on that because that was looked like as easy a play as you'll ever see. Just Andy Reid magic, Mahomes pulling the trigger. Yeah. Well, they kind of went back to some plays as the game went on. They made some adjustments, uh, which was... Really, you need just kind of watch. Even like uh, you know, last year against the uh, the Eagles, where they ran the same play on the other side for a touchdown at the end uh, there. So yeah, they made some jumps along the way. You saw him sitting on the uh, sideline, Andy Reid, uh, on the bench uh, with Mahomes, uh, trying to go through some of their adjustments of what they were going to do. So at the end of the day, uh, man, you got Mahomes on your side, and man, Mahomes just Mahomes them. Uh, you know, we put out a. A post on uh, Twitter um, or X, if you want to call it that, uh, now. And uh, what moment do you think lost the 49ers the, the Super Bowl? Was it the muff punt, the miss extra point, the overtime decision, or or something else? Because there were a lot of different factors. Some of it leveled out on both sides with some of the turnovers and the fumbles. Uh, but uh, man, it was uh, man, it was fascinating. But you knew once Mahomes had what was it like two minutes or so left that that was way enough time. Uh, to get it done, to take it in overtime. So, yeah, that was too much time. Uh, 
Uh, missed extra point is the early leader on the poll, but muffed punt is right behind. Oh, really? I'm on, Overtime decision is, is in a solid third place right now. I'm on team muff punt just because when I saw that happen, the same thing what happened with the 49ers and uh, the Lions when Brendan Ayuk caught that ball off the dude's face mask. Yeah. I said the yeah. football gods are on the Chiefs' side right now right. because uh, if you watch, uh, Ray Ray McLeod was clearing out, was clearing out where the punt was going to land, and it just bounced right off the ankle of uh, of one of the uh, the 49ers players, and he he was first there. He had his hands on it, but he just couldn't get a grip, and it went right into the to the Chiefs. Uh, Hands. I thought McLeod made a huge mistake. He was trying to pick it up and run well, instead of just recover it. Oh, just yeah, oh, recover yeah, it. Yeah, Save yeah, the yeah. day yeah. and just recover it. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. recover it, man. Just don't try to make something out of It's already a bad play. Let's get the ball. We got it. We don't want them to have the ball. I get it. All these guys are competitive and I don't want to make something. Man, he did his job. He told him the ball was coming. The guy didn't see it. Unfortunately, took a funny bounce and then hit his foot. And then, boom, it was number 28. I don't remember his name, but... Special team guy, but yeah, he just got to recover it. At that point, you're trying to save face. So I, I thought that was kind of a mistake because he had it in both hands and it just dropped because he was off balance trying to get to it. Yep. Just the football gods. I it's just I saw it and I said it to my head. I said it in my head. I said football gods are on the chief side right now. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, once that happened, I thought, uh oh. Because they had all the momentum at that point in time. Yep. I was like, oh, yep. man, just did it. And, and again, they scored immediately, didn't they? Yes. He immediately threw to MVS. Well-designed play, too. Yes. You see that? How you yeah. get that wide open? <laughs> there was nobody right. That We just saw it on TV a minute ago, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's even more open than I thought he was. Uh, Michelle Lynn says, after the 49er field goal in overtime, uh, I said the only way Kansas City loses is if they turn it over. Then she responded to her, her own self and said, and they didn't. Wow. Professor Eccentralist in the uh, FNM Bank chat says, going three and out after the interception. Uh, a really bad throw by Mahomes, who overthrew a wide open. Kelsey. Horrible That's throw. That's true. Horrible throw. He was trying to force it to yeah. Kelsey. And or he 49ers overthrew. offense did nothing with it. That's a good one. That is a good one. And you could point to several things. I mean, the big three that we put out on Twitter, but they had every chance. It, you can't say put them away because Mahomes and Andy, they, they were going to find a way to, to come back and make this thing competitive. That's just what they do. But for you to run the ball like you ran it and to control things defensively like you controlled in the first half and you lead by seven points at the end of the half, I mean, it felt like they left a lot of meat on the bone because they were running the ball and moving it. A 10-point lead at halftime, though. I, I told anybody who would listen, they're going to lose. Yeah, because they should have been up by more. They should have been yeah. up what by was more. The, what it's was the thing enough. we were talking about um, of their second-half play calling right out of the gate for the 49ers? Out of nine plays, they called seven pass plays to yeah, start the second kept, half. They kept running the ball. And one was, a, one was a scramble, but it was a called pass play. So they called the eight of nine pass plays to open the second half. With CMC and he ran for eighty yards in the game. It's not like it's not like they were ineffective running the ball. Oh no, they they controlled it. Well, I think he got eighty yards on twenty three carries. Yeah, I don't know what what is that about three something carries something. I don't know, but yeah, they they should have run the ball a little bit more. They did start running into a little bit of a brick wall there in the second half on the running game, but you don't give up that quickly. You can you know, when your running game's not working. Typically in that style of offense. You do the quick passing game because that's just like a running play. Yep. 
So their their whole objective is they want to win on first down. So you got to understand the the nuances of that actual offense. They want to win on first down. That way, third down is always going to be a, a four, third down or four or less. And once they started doing that, I said, uh oh, they're going to have to abandon the running game. But then you just do sharp passing game. You got to look and see what Andy Reid does too. He's a West Coast guy, West Coast offense. Yeah. And they started throwing the passing game. You got to look at even the touchdowns they ran. Those were sharp passes, boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. You know. Uh, but it was strategic, and they knew that it was going to work because they go back and watch film and probably picked away plays that worked against the Chiefs all throughout the season and probably over the last, I don't know, three years of Spags or whoever's been the D.C. Spags most likely, even when he's with the Giants when they won the Super Bowl. That's how far back some of these coaches go back and watch film. That's that's how it works. Because if it worked one time, it's going to work again. <laughs> yeah. okay? And that's what he does within a game. So that that's that was that was the difference there to me. Check in with our guy Eric six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Eric, thoughts on the Super Bowl, man? Now that the season and everything is wrapped up, what you got? Hey guys, a couple things. I'm going to touch some of the things that you guys hit on. As far as the overtime, guys, look, I I understand to a point why Shanahan did what he did because the reason was his team was gassed because they had just been on defense for like twelve, thirteen plays and they were tired. Maybe. They make a stop, maybe they don't. I don't know what chance the directions to get. But here's the thing, guys. I'm old school. I had had no problem with the rules the way they were. And here's the whole thing about the overtime deal. You, you're trying to make it fair where both teams get possession of touchdowns, extra points, field, all that stuff, whatever. Here's the bottom line, inaugurable point that you can't dismiss, guys. Bottom line, defense has to stop the offense. And offense has to score more than the, uh, than the other team. Then that's still a fact. The defense has to make a stop if they want to win and lose the game. No matter how many possessions you have in, over, in overtime. And here's the thing. Guys, people say, well, it's fair to get both teams for all that stuff and all that stuff. Well, that's not fair, guys. But here's my bottom line thing. You said it earlier. To me, if the 49ers make uh, an extra point, we're not even having a discussion about overtime. And, and I do think that should be way down. Everybody's talking about the overtime, but they're forgetting about the kicker who missed the extra point, which you've got to make that. And it costs changes Kansas City strategy. Maybe they're a little bit more rushed or whatever. Yeah. But all they've got to do is get down and kick the field goal instead of because it was fourth down to six. If they're behind by four, they've got to go for a touchdown. Maybe they get it. Maybe they don't. But everybody's not talking about that, and that's just a fact. I mean, we can talk about the month point too, which didn't help with uh, the fact that uh, Kansas City got the touchdown the very next play. But still, they came back, got a touchdown, and had they made the extra point, they would have been up by four, and that's a fact. So. That's my thoughts, guys. I'll take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Eric, thank you, man. Laying it all out there. Uh, let's get Jason in Nashville up next. Jason, thank you for calling Blaine and Mickey. Hey, thanks for taking my call, man. Uh, as a Niners fan, I've, I'm not – yeah, you're disappointed, but you're happy with the group that you had. You know, you, you, you're thankful for the heart that they played with throughout the season and, and through there. The only thing is – Man, it just blew my mind when Dre Greenlaw just collapsed right there. Like, celebrating and then tore his Achilles and just collapsed. I'm like, and um, and the thing about that intercession that Mahomes threw, that was on my mind, too, because anytime Mahomes gives you anything in a position that you was in, you got to come away with points. you got to make him pay on things that he gives up. And so, um, but as far as, the overall game and everything, I never was at that point. Well, no, we lost because of this, and they cheated. No, no, they just straight up beat us. And But that was a special group that we had, man. So that's, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks. 
Sure was an unbelievable roster. Talent everywhere. Vegas had you guys picked to win if you're a 49ers fan. That, that's how much everybody liked that team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, football is a game of execution. And, yep. You know, I think one of the callers are saying that really. End of the day, you know, when you have a special player out there, he's, you know, on a whole nother level. Can't give him. The more opportunities you give him, the less chance you have to win. And they gave him one more shot and that right before the overtime. And that, that you can't do because he's proven that he is that guy that can do that. And, and more times than not. Uh, and, you know, yeah, they gave him, he, he threw one bad ball and, and the whole playoff, and it was in the Super Bowl, and they ain't got nothing. So, yeah. And then as far as the overtime, you know what? I really, I'm old school too, but, man, you got to adapt and adjust. At the end of the day, you got to stop them. Yep. Sorry, you got to stop them. Do I like the rule? Probably not. But you know what? Let's see. Let's see how it all plays out and see if they change the rule. And it was just for the playoffs. So we'll see if that continues. And, uh, you know, eventually uh, got to see what it looks like. And it brought a lot of excitement. So I don't, I don't think the NFL is going to change anything. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, well, we made it fair for both sides. And it is what it is. So this is what makes our game so great. And the <laughs> NFL can say they make adjustments. Other leagues yep. can't say they do. They want to be stuck in their ways. Bought them 15 extra minutes of football, too, yeah. to show the whole world mm-hmm. and air a bunch more commercials so you know they love what happened. Yeah. Uh, we love talking to Delaney Walker. It's coming up next here on Blaine and Mickey. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you because you're very deep in the list of local restaurants you are invisible online introducing cumulus boost get a boost get found get on the map learn more at cumulusboost.com the ed mylett show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey knowledge and thought leadership this is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show actor rain wilson the number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience so how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself the ed mylett show is available on youtube or wherever you listen Man, we've been on a run lately with Tigers players. Welcome back in, Blaine and Mickey. How about this? How about Delaney Walker? Our guy, Joseph, producer, we were asking him, you know about Delaney, right? He goes, you kidding me? Delaney's one of my all-time favorite Titans. So our, our producer is more than excited, Delaney. So is everybody else. Great to have you on the show and catch up with you. Well, thanks for having me, man. That, that means a lot to hear that everybody up there is excited to hear from you. So thank you. You know, it, it's it's wild because... You know, I started looking, and we all kind of get amazed by your stats and all the things you were able to do. You play those six years in San Francisco, and you're returning kickoffs and covering kickoffs, and you're the Swiss Army knife out there. Then you come here, and it's like, oh, no, man, we got, you know, not the best team. We'll just throw the ball to Delaney a 100 times a year. And I remember you saying once, gosh, people know what's coming, and they still can't stop me. Mm. I mean, you get to the Titans, your career really takes off. You become a much bigger part of the offense, and – or the offense. Well, let's just passing say it. Yes, the passing <laughs> offense was one Delaney Walker. What was that like, though, that era where it's like, my gosh, people know it's only me, and I'm still piling up numbers? Uh, you know, 
at the end of the day, I want the whole team to be successful, but, you know, our job is to go out there and play the game as hard as you can and try to win the game. And that's how I looked at it. You know, I knew we struggled um, the first few years I was there, and I wanted to be that bright spot. I knew if I went out there every week and gave it my all and played the game the way I knew how to play it, that more guys on the team would start to believe in believe in that and become that and try to imitate that. And that's, that was the goal. Um, it was tough, you know, being out there and not winning games, but being successful, but in not getting the accolades that I should have because I was on a bad team. So it, it was stressful, but I knew it would pay off in the long run uh, once more guys started to buy in and the team got better because that's what, that, that's what comes along with winning is um, people get a knowledge, uh, a knowledge. They get recognized um, once we start winning. So it, it was tough, but at the end of the day, like like you said, everyone knew the ball was coming to me, and they couldn't stop me. And uh, you know, I took pride in that. I, every week, I knew, you know, that uh, our quarterback needed an outlet, and I wanted to be that outlet. You know, Titans fans took pride in that, though, Delaney. I mean, they mm-hmm. they thrilled in watching you do that. I mean, there are so many people still rocking your jersey, and you know, when you're on this station on any of the shows, people just lose their minds. It's got to be cool for you knowing that you did make that mark on Titans fans. Indeed, and you know it's a long line of guys that have done that with the Titans and 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 with the Oilers. And when the Titans got here, you got a long line of guys that have accomplished accomplished so much. And you know I, I'm thankful to be a part of that. So I'm thankful that for the opportunity that the Titans gave me and uh, let me go out there and play football. Yeah, man. Well, one of those guys that did that was Blaine Bishop, and he's about to talk to you a little bit here. Delaney Walker joining us here on Blaine and Mickey. Oh, yeah. Delaney knows I'm a big fan of his, man. He he could play in any era, man. He was so dominant. But I wanted to ask you, you were talking about all the different things that you did here. You own the Titans records in most receiving TDs, most receptions, and most receiving yards, uh, you know, all in the same time. Of all of those three things, those categories, which one means the most to you? That was, you know, pass receiving would, TDs, receptions, and, and yardage. I would have to say receptions because I say receptions because, again, like it goes back to everyone knew 82 was getting the ball. 82, if you stop 82, we win the game. Mm-hmm. And I was still able to get oh, 100 receptions or close to 100 receptions and every year I averaged probably 80, 80 receptions, and everyone knew I was getting the ball. I think that was the biggest uh, thing for me is because I had to go out there and find ways to be double coverage, triple coverage, and sometimes quadruple coverage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. You know, every time I go look up you know, a, a player that I, I would know, I always find out something that I didn't know. So, you know, tell our audience a little bit about maybe something they wouldn't know. It could be something from grade school, high school. You know, I, when I was reading up on you, I, I didn't know you were a 100-meter champion. I'm like, whoa, no wonder he took off on that 80-yard run that time. And I was like, man, he was so booking. So, uh, yeah, yeah, anything that people, you know, in the sports industry world that they don't know about you that you want them to know? Well, well, I'll talk about the, the track and, and field, yeah. So, uh, and then I'm gonna give you another one. Okay. That people don't know, but the track and field, yeah. I was actually dominated in the high jump, long jump, and the 100. So, and 
you know, a lot of people, when they see me, I kind of walk, I wobble when I walk, and I got big old calves, and <laughs> so they yeah. don't really think I'm, I'm fast, but I'm surprisingly fast, and I, and I, you know, and I take pride in, in my speed, but one thing people do not know about me is that I drag race. I literally drag race cars, um, and, you know, and a lot of people don't, they, every time I tell them that, they'd be like, oh, you, you the sponsor of a driver. I'm like, no, I drive. You're the actual car. driver. <laughs> yeah, I'm the actual driver, yes. Oh, so, so that's, you know, it's kind of a hobby that's kind of turned into something that you really, you're passionate about. Indeed. Actually, uh, two years ago, I went and got my uh, drag racing license for the National Hot Rod Association. So, you know, I was really thinking about trying to make that my next career. Ooh. Oh wow! Dang. Oh man, we were the first ones to know about it, and now everybody <laughs> in the country is going to know about it for sure. I, I love asking this question because it's, it's kind of encompassing, and you know, you can go anywhere with it. And that is, what is your most memorable play to you as a Tennessee Titan? And, and it could be, it doesn't have to be a touchdown. I mean, it could just be a play that you you know you just had a lot of success on, and you denied four guys trying to guard you, and you still was very productive on it. I got. I'm gonna give you two, so I'm gonna have to give you the uh, the Patriots game. Uh, only you know because Gronk was there. I was on the other side. I'm like, I gotta outplay Gronk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so like, uh, and uh, that game, I, I had a five yard sit over the ball, caught the ball. I I think I ran over like two people. Just jumped over somebody, stepped on somebody, and took it for like 75 yards oh. to the house. And uh, that that play right there, you know, I. I remember doing that. We did not win the game, but it was just – it felt so good, you know, to be able to do that on the Patriots at the time where they were, you know, Super Bowl champs back-to-back mm-hmm. and, and be able to do that. And then uh, I will also have to say the Kansas City game that where I it – was, it wasn't really crazy. I ran like a 14-yard route. We had to get uh, – we had to get close enough to kick a field goal, and I was able to get us there. Uh, to kick that field goal to beat Kansas City Chiefs at the in in the Chiefs Kingdom, um, so them two plays, man, I, I I have pictures of both of those plays, and I, I think about those the most. Okay, and, and and lastly, let's take yourself back to childhood. I, I was a big, I was a running back in high school, and actually, all the great players were always running backs and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I love Tony Dorsett, right? So. What? Who was your favorite player growing up, or or even was it in another sport? I, I don't know. You're so versatile in things that you do. I would have to say it was Jerry Rice. I imitated Jerry Rice. I wanted to be Jerry okay. Rice uh, as a kid growing up. Family was San Francisco 49er fan, so I've seen a lot of Jerry Rice. And um, I have a picture of me and Pop Warner. I was number eighty, and mm-hmm. I, I I to this day, you know, I still tell people this. I wanted to be Jerry Rice, and at that time, I thought, you know, Jerry Rice was the best thing on this planet. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to be just like him, and that's why I played receiver my whole entire career until I got to the NFL. Right, that's what another thing a lot of people don't know. You were actual a wide receiver. How was that transition from wide receiver to tight end? I guess last question for me, like how difficult it was because you were kind of multi, you know, you kind of H back, you could line up on the mm-hmm. line, you could split out, you could do a lot of different things, very versatile. It was actually tough, you know, me being able to understand the game made it made it easy to to pick up the playbook, but to to block, to learn the defensive technology like the fronts, um, it was mm. very difficult. I had to put weight on. I was a little timid because being receivers, you don't really have to block that well. 
you know, you try to get in the DB's way. It mm-hmm. ain't really trying to punish him or anything like that. But when I made that transition, it was like it's a dog fight every play. You have hey. to block a guy that's usually bigger than you. And most of the time that guy we are blocking is the best player on a team, the rush edger. He's mm-hmm. high, the highest paid, got the most sacks. And so it made it a little difficult, but I took it as a challenge, and I was like, I'm going to be a sponge. And I luckily I had Vernon Davis in front of me, a guy that was a tremendous blocker, great athlete. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I got to learn from him. And, you know, I took things he did well, and then I took things that I like, and I just, you know, turned it into what I can do, and it worked out. We're on with Titans legend Delaney Walker. The one and only. He is at Delaney Walker82 on Twitter. So what advice would you give to a guy like Chigo Conquo? He's he's trying to play your old position for your old team and he's trying to do the things that, that you would do. What kind of what's been your scouting report on him? You could coach him up, maybe what's some advice you would give to him? So my scouting report on Chig is Chig has all the abilities. He mm-hmm. he can be explosive. He can be a game changer. He can make a difference for the Tennessee Titans offense. But my only negative thing for him, he has to have that confidence to be consistent every game. Because we see we see sparks of it. We see it. We know he can do it. But then some games, you know, he drop passes, or some games he don't make the plays that he should. I think it's the consistency of him being confident and knowing that he can play in this game and be as good as anyone um, that's in that position. Mm, real quick on that. How do you develop in this modern era the kids' confidence? Like, you, you, we, we all know we had to go through some rough things, too, as players, as individuals right on the field. It just seems like that continues to come up with the players in today's era. How do you, how do you grow that and give them that confidence when you make a mistake that you don't have to be perfect and, and to respond and, and, you know, and come back and, and play the next play and just forget about it. I think that goes with communication. Always communicate with the player and let them know, like, yes, I am upset, but I we can make this work. We can fix it. This is something that is fixable because, again, the, today's game has changed mm-hmm. um, with the with the portal and everything that's going on in with college, when kids are upset or feel like the coach is not on their side, you know, they want to shut down and go somewhere else. But in the NFL, you can't do that. So we have to learn how to communicate with these this new generation the way that they're used to because mm-hmm. the game is evolving. Obviously, the kids are getting younger and coming in with the NIL deal. So the game has changed a little bit. We have to learn their language. And I know that's mm-hmm. tough as coaches, like, why would I learn a language? But that's the only way we can make the players perform at a high level and give them that confidence. Hmm. You, you guys are talking about young players and NIL and all that stuff. So, Delaney, let me ask you about this. There's a tight end named Brock Bowers. He was asking an interview, hanging out in Vegas at the Super Bowl. You could get drafted anywhere. Where would you want to go? And he said, I'd like to play in Tennessee. If he's there at seven, I mean, if you're – General manager Delaney Walker, you to go, now, nah, man, we need to tackle too bad. Or do you say, ooh, I'm a, probably going to take this next great tight end? I mean, honestly, I would take him. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm saying if, if we had the opportunity to take him, take him. The guy is a playmaker. We heard what he said. He said, I, if I had anywhere to play, I'll go anywhere. But if I had to play, pick a place, it would be Tennessee. I mean, that that means a lot. You know, the fans heard that. Everybody heard that. And and that's a player we've been looking at. But, again, we have Joshua Wells and we have Chig. So, I I think 
that may not be an option for us. Um, I think you what you said, we have to get a left tackle. If we think Will Levis is our franchise, we must protect that. So I think we will stack up. If I'm a GM, I'm going to stack that O-line. And, and then next one is to get another playmaker on the outside to help D-hop and um, – and just you know, just make just make it a little easier for our quarterback, Delaney, Delaney Walker, Gia, making it easier in the trenches for the quarterback. I like it hanging out with Blaine and Mickey here. Well, Delaney, I always uh, like asking players when you were in combat uh, out there on the football field, uh, who was the most underrated player you played, not only with but also against. And, you know, sometimes it's just certain players we all know just give you trouble, you know, or just they're better than people want to give them credit for, at least against you. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to say uh, Jonathan Cyprian. I feel like mm-hmm. he – Jonathan Cyprian. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, – I feel like when we played against him in Jacksonville, he uh-huh. was un- he was a beast. He showed up every week. Yeah. He challenged yeah. me. And mm-hmm. then uh, – even when he came to the Titans, we went against each other every day. Obviously, I went against Kevin Byer. I tried to go against the best guys that was in, that can cover me to mm-hmm. make me better. And I felt like he pushed me, you know what I mean? And he didn't get a lot of credit that he deserved. I thought the guy was mm-hmm. a phenomenal tacker, uh, tackler, a phenomenal cover guy. And, he, uh, he, you know, he made plays yeah. uh, when we needed him. Too. Yeah, he was big in that Chiefs game. Knocked too. Kelsey out of the Chiefs yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Knocked him out the game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was big. Uh, and any player that you played with, too, that, w- that was kind of underrated, you thought, whether it was on offense or defense? Uh, um, underrated, I would have to say um, maybe Anthony Davis. I played with him in San Francisco. He was a mm-hmm. guard. And I feel mm-hmm. like that guy was a, a key factor in why the 49ers were successful. And, you know, it's just sometimes you don't get the credit that you deserve when you don't, you're not um, a talkative person or you kind of keep to yourself. You're not popular. Mm-hmm. And you just do your job and don't really, you know, ask for nothing more. Sometimes you get, I feel like you get looked over and don't get the credit that you deserve. Yeah, we're on with Delaney Walker, Titans legend. I guess one more kind of in the trenches type question, and and I'll use myself as an example to kind of give you a point of reference, and that is, uh, you know, do you have any regrets from your NFL career? And mine was just kind of enjoying the moment and the process. I was so focused, so driven on just trying to be the best I could be instead of just enjoying the moment, especially when we got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. So do you have any regrets on that line there uh, through your, your career? You know, that's funny you say it, like, I feel like that's the same thing for me. I was so invested in being a leader and Mm -hmm. doing things right that I didn't enjoy the moment of our winning success because I looked at it as we should already be, we should be winning. Mm -hmm. And I I wanted to hold guys accountable just like I held myself. So I, I didn't get it to experience or take in um the days when we were successful and that's one thing i wish i can do and go back and do over delaney walker you talked about some of your former teammates i got to ask you about this just because it's such a big weekend for him your former teammate patrick willis a native of the state of tennessee voted into the hall of fame how cool was that mm-hmm. yeah that was great i actually was with him last night in the legends lounge 
and we got to chop it up, man. It was just good to see Patrick mm-hmm. Willis. I haven't seen him in years. And, uh, you know, he had to leave the game early with injuries to his toes and, and still for him to be able to be in the Hall of Fame, man, it is a blessing. And it's funny. I know all the Titans fans out there that, that, that's listening. My man hit me up and said, I'm trying to go to a Titans game. When I come out there, do you got me? And I said, bro, they will, they, will lay the red, they will lay the red carpet out for you, B. What are you talking about? Yeah, hit me. We can go to a game, get you on the field. I said, you, come on, man. You a legend in Tennessee. Even though you didn't play for us, everyone knows who you are. Trust mm-hmm. me. You, you, you're more than welcome. Please hit me uh, when you're in Tennessee and we can go to a game. All right, I know you and uh, your fellow former Titans teammates working with Gear Up Tennessee now. Kind of tell people what you're doing and, and how you might be able to help them out with that. Well, you know, we're committed to our community. It doesn't end when we retire from the game. We care for our kids and we care for the community. So this is a thing that we partner up with the Tennessee State Department of Health to focus on helping people stay healthy, which includes stand up on date on your shots, and, you know, and then we have, uh, if you have legal problems where, you know, you don't know about, we, we, it's almost like, uh, you go into a fair and it's all type of different tables you can go to to find out different things. Like if you're if flu shots, COVID shots, if you need to go to court, we can handle it there. If you have, uh, bad credit, we can fix your credit. It's just educating our community to make sure that they have the information that they need to stay up to date on health and uh, financial uh, uh, abilities. Delaney, uh, great stuff today. Always great catching up with you. Always great talking to you. And, uh, man, the next time you're hanging around, come by the studio and just chill out with us for a couple hours and tell stories. Yeah, chop it up. Yep. Uh, I definitely can do that. Yes, sir. The one and only Delaney Walker. Follow him on Twitter at DelaneyWalker82 and keep up with all that he's doing. He is uh uh, out there living his life now, and uh, you can follow him right there. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, D. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Delaney Walker Del- and Blaine and Mickey. We'll be right back. More to come after this. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Ring a ding, ding, dong. Time for ding, dong of the week on Delaney Mickey. Appreciate uh, Delaney Walker. Lots of good feedback on that. Always great catching up with him. He was a one-man gang for a lot of years here. Like he said, they knew it was coming and they still couldn't stop it. Uh, 
Mark Spain, you can't stop him from selling your house. Just go to MarkSpain.com to get a guaranteed Ooh. offer on your home today and start packing. He won't stop you from packing, even. He'll just sell that rascal. Oh. Bananas, lots of ding-dong candidates. You can drop a ding-dong in the F&M bank chat if you want to, or 615-737-1045. Bananas will lead us off in the ding-dongery that is Monday on Blaine and Mickey. Yeah, my ding-dong of the week is the 49er players who admitted that they didn't know what the postseason overtime rules were (laughs) to the media and to the public. Especially now, after it came out, how detailed and how prepared the Chiefs were on their end. And I don't know if that goes towards the players for admitting it or Kyle Shanahan for not being uh, a head coach and making sure that they know because it, in some people's minds, that quite literally cost them the game if they didn't know the rules and they thought, oh, we're just going to score a touchdown and win here. I mean, Kyle Juszczyk, who's an all-pro fullback, one, one of the better players in the league, he said he didn't know, and he's a smart guy, and he's a smart football player. And if he's coming out saying he doesn't know the rules, that's a head coaching issue. So for me, that's got to be one of the biggest ding-dongs of the week. There's some ding-dongery there. Yeah, unless he was ding-donging us because he didn't want to go against his coach, so that was the easy way out. But I, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what I would have said there at that time. You know, I, I might have played uh, coy too. I might have played ding-dongery. Like, oh, well, I, I didn't know the rules, so I just go by what the coach said. Because, see, one thing you can't do is speak against your coach, mm. and then all of a sudden you will speak against you're no longer there. See, so some, I, in that case with Uchek, I think I think he actually knew. I think he had to play along because he didn't want to go against his coach. Now, I think they're, the majority of them did not, to your point. I, I, I think I agree with you. He's a smart player. I think he knew, but I think he said, eh, this is one battle I am not going to try to win. I'm just going to go play along with everybody else who probably didn't know. I mean, even at that point, uh, Kyle Shanahan in the postgame like, doubled down and was like, yeah, we knew, and that's what we wanted to do. Like The players could have done that, and no one would have batted an eye. They're like, all right, the, you, you guys stuck to your gun, so what? They just went up to reporters and said, I didn't know what the rules were. We were just out there. <laughs> well, I think a lot of them probably didn't, though. But I, I think the smarter players, guys who are out there, the captains and different, yeah, it, it, you know. <laughs> well, you so. gave us the indication of this earlier, Blaine. We were talking. I don't. This may have been even the commercial break. You said, "Look, man, you're in training camp," and they're like, "Here's the new rules," and they dim the lights and yeah. they put it up on the screen. And a lot of dudes are like, "I'm about to get sleep. ten minutes of sleep right yeah. here." They yeah. about to take a nap, you know, during training camp. You know, they always think this is a time to, you know, explain something to you. Well, most of the guys are freaking tired as heck and. Like, oh, man, this I don't want to do this, man. Let me get this quick power nap in. They're not even listening. Yeah, so that, yeah, so that's why I used to sit in the back. I was a 5-0. Mm-hmm. Hey, bro. Get up. up, bro. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I, was, I was paranoid that I was going to miss something. I, I felt like I got to get every advantage possible for me to survive in this league. So I wanted to know every rule, everything. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know. Anyway. You know, it, it's just different philosophy. Shanahan didn't tell his team, and Andy Reid did. The coaches had a conversation with Shanahan. You could tell that because he was talking about analytics and everything else around that. But my ding dong is go. Mr. Kelsey there with the grab chest bump push of Andy Reid. <sighs> Andy Reid laughed and oh man, he almost he caught me off balance. I knew Andy Reid wouldn't have an issue with it, but it was a bad look. Mm-hmm. It, it really was a bad look, and, and and that I'm glad actually to a certain extent it was. Andy Reid, because probably most coaches would have like, would have got pissed. 
All right. Yeah. So uh, your emotions kind of get out of control. And he was probably upset he wasn't out there. And he only had one pick. So he was super frustrated, I'm sure. But uh, can't do that. That was bad. That was a bad look. You imagine if someone did that to Variable? I know. That's the first thing oh, I thought. Oh, man. First of all, nobody would have done that to Vrabel. True. <laughs> but true. They, they did. That's true. <laughs> they did. I don't know if instinctively, if Rabel wouldn't have just, like, yeah, kind of put the Responded. shoulder back into, mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, okay, we doing this? Yeah. Okay. On this stage? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to read Kelsey's boy, like, can we throw the ball? I need to be in there or something. I don't know what he was saying. <laughs> I really wanted to know. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was thing. Can't do that. Uh, Lonzo was giving a ding-dong to Drake, and then he gives some details. Uh, let's hey, just Drake. say there was a leak of some Drake's uh, what? private Ding-dong. photos. What? Yeah. He he leaked them? Uh, Himself? He, someone uh, did. Someone leaked. Let's just Who? say that what? there could be uh, a ding-dong he, of the week involved there. I, I thought uh, we were talking about Drake's gambling. Uh, no, no, what? no. He leaked his... Somebody did. Uh, Where is this at? It, apparently all over the internet. I have been fortunate enough to not see it. <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to not see it. I did not see oh, it. I knew. It, uh, well, I see Joe Hunk in there, and I know he is the culprit his for this. Cheeks he are seems red. Like the type, yep, his cheeks are red. His his head, his, his mohawk is standing straight up yep. right now. I mean, he was in Vegas. Watch this, just like yeah. Drake. Oh. Just like Drake. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, well, we have to go out. What, what was your ding-dong? Uh, I have you to... just gave it to us, Drake? No, no, that was <laughs> that was Lonzo's. Uh, I'm probably going to link Kyle Shanahan. He had the most to lose. Oh. Uh, I, I don't know about their game plan. I will say this. They, it, you, they had, what, the eight called pass plays in a row in the third quarter. But at the end of the game, Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo had a combined 86 receiving yards. Kittle. Debo played through a hammy. Yeah. So he, he did not look the same. Uh, Kittle played through an injury, too. Yeah, he's had like a shoulder yeah. or something. But you talk about the short passing game to replace the run game. Yeah. You can throw it to Debo. You can throw it to Kittle. You can throw it to IU. He's got some of the best run-after-catch guys in the business, and the fact that they couldn't utilize that anymore. I don't know, man. Oh man, what are you guys doing? Y'all froze up my video streaming, and then y'all yeah, but just put Joe Hunk on so we can see uh, his cheeks turning red, yeah. his mohawk standing yeah. up. He wanted a little uh, airtime. Yeah, uh, Jackson is calling him Mike Shannon Cant. Oh, that's a good one. Shannon Cant. That's a good Shannon one. Yeah, well, he couldn't. He couldn't again this time. Yeah, I don't know how many more chances you get to on that stage. This is uh, three. And he's not Mike. He's Kyle. Kyle Shannon could. He had uh, Elway for those last two. All right, we got to get out of here. Three HLs coming up. Maybe, 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 maybe your man Joe Hunk's going to just go deep into this whole Drake and the leak and the. What we got coming up? What we got going on? Who's on three HL? Apparently, we're talking Drake. Apparently, we're talking (laughs) talking to Drake. So stay tuned. There you go. But we got to get. But in the meantime, in between time, peace. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. 
When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count.